Good morning, afternoon, and evening, Supercoach Elites. Welcome back to another Supercoach Elites podcast, proudly sponsored by the guys at exoticlimo.com.au. My name's Corey. Again, Brett's not with us, but we've got bombs. Oh, and that's pretty much all you need, Corey. Choo-choo! The Bombs Express is back, cause. Um, now, we're, I'm getting excited about this, because we've got our team podcast now uh, getting popped off here every couple of days or so, and today we'll start off with Adelaide, but before we get stuck right into that, Corey, where can the listeners hit us up on social media? Find us on Twitter, at SC Elites. Find us on Facebook, uh, iTunes, and SoundCloud, at Supercoach Elites. And as always, on our beautiful website, www.supercoachelites.com, where our daily articles are dropped. Um, yeah, I think there was a bit of a ropeable one uh, today, almost. Not not quite information. Pretty piss poor from, from Haz, if we're... We might as well just whack him there for everyone that was excited about Sam Naismith, but uh, we'll leave that for another day. Um, Again, it looks like moving forward in the foreseeable future, it will just be me and you running these podcast bombs. Um, I think so for the team one. I know Brett uh, is just chock-a-block at work, so he says. I'm pretty sure he's unemployed at the moment, but I'm not quite sorry how that works. I think he's just... uh, Trying to get out of any single challenge that he can, but uh, look, we've got the we've got the quick fire one, so we won't ramble on too much. We're aiming to keep these around fifteen minutes. I'll probably go for longer, especially when we get to the Carlton one and Bons is just uh, <laughs> talking for forty five minutes. But the way they work, in case you didn't listen to them last year, we cover two teams every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday um, for the next three weeks. So, for example, today will be Adelaide and Brisbane um, that we'll bring to you and. And then, yeah, hopefully that'll lead into some JLT talk. But the way we do it is we take one rookie cash cow combination. So one player sub 250k that we think could break out from these teams. Um, one mid-price player, so between the, the realms of 250 to 450. Um, and then the primo or the more expensive bracket from 450 plus. Um, to try and give you more of a... Um, kind of what view or option especially around those mid-price ones because if we had it at 500k we'd just be talking about the same players especially down back so bombs we should just kick straight into it we'll start with the adelaide crows today and you Mm -hmm. can take the lead here first i hope you don't steal me player but uh who's your cash cow slash rookie that you could see breaking out at some stage during 2019 for the crows well, the one uh, where all talk is, is kind of based around at the moment, and the one that's currently sitting on my team, is a $139,000 Ford. Uh, was that the one you wanted? Yeah. Ned McHenry. Well, there's the other Mac who we might be able to speak about later, though. We'll see how we go. But, um, yeah, look, with McHenry, he's he's one of these players, smaller smaller Ford pressure-type players, and they recruited a few of these over the off-season. So we know this is an area they want to improve on. Betts did not have a uh, huge year last year. And the long and the short of it is uh, he's going to be given a red-hot chance, I think, uh, particularly early on in the year. Um, his ball-winning ability as well, as rated uh, by Champion Data, is actually very, very good uh, for those who think who want to know where we get our stats from. We get it from the AFL perspectives, don't we, of course? Love it. Um, yeah, absolutely love it. So, look, having a look at last year, he averaged 21 disposals in the in the TAC Cup. Um which is which is fairly high for a kind of a small pocket uh, kind of player who can push up into the midfield, um, and was able to kick it just just over 
um, half a goal a game as well. So, look, I think we're going to pay what we're going to get from him. I think we're going to see some low scores, um, but I think we're going to get a couple, you know, 60s or 70s um, sort of around about. There was that one from Adelaide last year we had available as a defender. Who Was it Lockie Murphy? Oh, yeah. Was it, was it him? 102K, I think, is available as a defender who kind of filled that role last year, and he fell out of favour throughout the season. So I think we will probably get a good chance at um, having a look at McHenry, uh, you know, fill that kind of void there. He was taking a pick 16 uh, in last year's draft as well. Elite runner too, which is something that I love about Henry. Uh, tested really great in, in time trials and the yo-yo test at the combine as well. So he can, uh, he's got the tank. It's whether we can get some size before we see him in the AFL, but he'll definitely debut this year. Oh, yeah, he'll, for sure. He'll 100%, um, yeah, he'll 100% get a game at some stage for the Crows. Look, I'm going to go for a bit of a different approach here. It was McHenry, was me player, but I'm going to talk about Patrick Wilson. Um, and this was a player that he did play last season. He's priced at, I think it's 147k. Um, was sitting, yeah, 147,700, was sitting in my team until the drink driving incident happened. So, um, Will has been suspended for the first two games of the season. But I think he'll do his bit and go back to the sandful once he can return from his suspension. And, yeah, let, uh, get earn, earn a spot back in the team again. He's only 24. Um, great ball winner. The opportunity is the worry because they've got a pretty stacked midfield down there, but did win the best and fairest at the Sandful last year for the Crows. So I think that we will see Patrick Wilson get his stage at some stage. That's good talking there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, last year I was big on him, and this year, yeah, I think he'll get another go. It really sucks when you take my player. Well, it does. It, it kind of forces you into thinking. And I think that's why we like doing these ones kind of on the hop. Yeah. So people get an idea that if we're thinking of the same people, I've got no idea who Corey's picking. He's got no idea who I'm picking. And uh, if we're picking the same kind of people, I think we're kind of on track somewhere there, I think. And you know what? If we're forced to look elsewhere, we'll, we'll kind of do things on the spot because we do very, very in-depth sort of research in the preseason. We can assure you of that. You can go with the mid-price, because I'm pretty sure I know who you well, can go with, and I've well, got someone a little bit different. You would have to know, because I wrote an article about him uh, during one of the Bombs Bargain Buys. Uh, I can't even remember how many weeks ago it was now. Um, but it is, of course, Brody Smith. So here we have a, a player price of 332k, um, who's available as a defender. Now, look, this is someone who's only averaged, be- well, he's only averaged below 75, like, sorry, he hasn't averaged below 75 um, since his third season of football, and, and that was back in 2013. So this is someone who I think is a bit of a bargain pick. Now, if we think about defenders, really, we might only need 95 or 100 to kind of fit into that top six. But I think this is someone here who, look, at the best of times, he might be able to do it. But I think reality kind of says or suggests that he probably won't. An interesting thing about Smith, though, is that... Um, He's the number one ranked player in the competition since 2016 for average metres gained uh, per game. Um, and he averages 515 metres gained. And and we know that, you know, this, this game is all about kind of territory at the moment. And Champion Data will reward those kind of stats um, as well. So, look, I think... We know what Brody Smith's like. We know he's got run and carry. We know that his ball use can sometimes be a little bit suspect. Um, but I think him on a half-back flank at 330k possesses a lot of value. And, and look, it, it probably comes with a 
it, it's probably more of a safer kind of pick um, than than maybe someone else in the mid price category. But I but I think I, I tend to like it just because the fact we're going to get points and we're going to get price rise out of him. Um, he's 27 years old at the moment, coming off the knee as well, so that might deter people a little bit as well. Um, and actually, the other interesting stat about Brody Smith as well is that the Crows have launched um, a score from 29% of Smith's intercept possessions. So one in three times he gets an intercept possession, that leads to a score, and that's ranked as the highest percentage of any of the top 100 intercept players in the comp. That's crazy. It is. Crazy stat. Good work. Good work, stats, Bonfa. <laughs> doesn't have the same ring to it when Brett is not here, but <laughs> we'll move on anyway. Well, well worry, I knew you were going to pick Brody Smith, yeah. so I went a little bit outside the box. I went Wayne Malira. Now, Brody Smith could absolutely kill this in the ass because we assume that Brody Smith and Rory Laird are going to be playing off that halfback. But I've got a stat from you. For you, not from you. From round 15 onwards, he ranks second at Adelaide for effective kicks, effective metres gained, intercept marks, and third for intercept possessions. And these were his scores from round 15 to 23. Yeah, he dropped 91, 68, which is pretty piss poor, um, in a 20 disposal game, mind you. Uh, 92, 83, 112, 91, 82, 106, and 102. So they are some crazy numbers when Wayne Maliru was moved behind the ball and become almost that general. Because we know what Rory Laird is. Rory Laird is the accumulator. He can go through, he'll run off the halfback, he'll get the ball, he'll receive it, he'll run forward and kick it. But when that ball was coming backwards... Wayne Malira was doing most of the work. Got a lovely set of mitts. Um, he's a little bit taller than what you think. He's sitting at 184. So when you think of Wayne Malira, I mean, I, I definitely did prize this. I thought he was a little bit smaller than that because just the class and the way he plays and, and his movement. He's only 21 years old. So I don't know. I don't know. And this is what I worry about Brody Smith too, coming back into that team. Will he miss some weeks? Will he be rested? Will they rotate him around with Wayne Malira a little bit more? Will Malira go back into the pocket or will Brody Smith go further back into the pocket? Time will tell. But the one thing I did love about Brody Smith is I think he will take a lot of kick-ins this year too. I think he will, yeah. Your premium. My premium, well, I think it's got to be none other than Matt Crouch. And, um, look, I think that kind of speaks for itself as to why. I mean, he's an absolute ball accumulator. Um, I think at times last year he was kind of a little bit unfairly done in, in terms of scoring output. I mean, the amount of times he had, you know, 37, 38 to 42 touches and, and really only crept over the 100 mark was, was quite astounding. His stats weren't too dissimilar to, to, actual, to actually Tom Mitchell. Um you know, in, in terms of, you know, just the ability to kind of get ball and clearances and all that sort of stuff. Um, I, I think where he lacks at the moment is his ability to contribute in scoring chains. So he's, he's, he's only kicked 12 goals um, since 2016. So in the last three years, he's kicked 12 goals, which is clearly not enough. Um, and in that same period, so in three years, he's only had 44 score assists. So I, I imagine those being that's that's the last possession before a score has been had. So um, we know he gets the ball on the inside, but he's got to get himself involved in more chains and in more scoring plays if I think we want to see him score more. But look, despite all those negatives, and this is the absolute beauty of him, despite all of those negatives, he averaged 101 last year and 110 the year before. So, And, and his game has played has been um, sort of relatively high. 
uh, as well over the same period. So we've got a bloke here who can get possession of the ball. Um, it's just a matter of how good the, the kind of the crows are and how many chains he gets involved in and all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, certainly uh, someone that should be on the watch list at the moment, particularly given his price as well. And look, I know there's a lot of teams out there who have sort of fallen out of love with um, kind of players like Fife and those players above $600,000. And, and Matt Crouch comes in at five fifty, and, and I think we're going to see something between the 105 to 112 kind of average mark for the year. And certainly for me, if I was starting one Adelaide uh, premium midfielder, it'd be Matt Crouch. The funny thing with, with that too, I mean, how many times I've, especially doing the amount of research that we've had a, had a look at everything, um, over the last couple of weeks, more, you know, in particular, mm. how many times have you seen a player, especially in the midfield, that's gone 110, 101, 110, you know, 102, those kind of, you know, a bit of a fluctuation in their scores, and it's it's not just yeah. a consistent flat line, because it's, it's hard to play consistent footy. Do you see Adelaide being a top eight side? Oh, gee, um, I, think they're, I think they're on the border. There was... There was something that came out in the last couple of days from, uh, again, Champion Data that, that reckon they've got the equal most elite players uh, in their football team. So I think based on that, you'd have to say they're a red-off chance. But the, I'm not as sold on them as, as probably a lot of other sort of football and people are. Because two years ago, they finished top of the ladder. They um, did. And a stat that I've noticed going through this, the stats that I've still got to get up. It's just, it's a, a lot of a lot of work. Over the last four years, the top, with the current day players, each top, each, each team that's finished top of the ladder has had two players finish in the top 10 Supercoach players. The only team to not do it was Richmond. Mm, wow. The year Adelaide done it, they had Rory Sloan and Matt Crouch. Yeah. So no. you see big improvements, and especially the stats for the teams that have finished in top eight, um, and then had their players play well. And and you can almost put the two in line. If you see Adelaide improving, then I definitely see Matt Crouch improving, improving with them. But if I, you think see... I think they're half a chance because they had that um, pre-season kind of, sc- not scandal, but had that camp that they were kind of, you know, all talking about. And, and I think what I heard at one stage last year as well, as well was in that first part of the year where they didn't do particularly good to Crows, there were still a lot of issues around the camp. But... They had kind of been resolved around about that round 10 mark. And I'd be interested to know how many games they won thereafter because I think they went on quite a significant winning streak uh, when things had kind of really settled down um, from all that sort of stuff there. And I was playing with Brad. Mine was Rory Laird. Um, I couldn't go past Rory Laird. And I'm glad I thought you were going to take him as well. So nah, I'm glad I'm going to try and mess it up. Uh, <laughs> um, I think Laird is just exactly what we need down back as that protege defender. Um, I can't see him not finishing in probably the top three defenders this year. Uh, he's a little bit cheaper than um, Lloyd. And, yeah, I ju- I just, he's my first pick down back. I'm, especially with the Lloyd injury that kind of come up, um, you know, having a bit of a spell from the training track, I think... We, we know what we're going to get. He's going to accumulate ball. He's going to score, you know, tons more weeks and less. It's, yeah, I don't think I really need to run through stats and numbers and everything because, do you know how many teams he's owned? Matty Crouch. No, Led. Oh, Led. Sorry, for some reason I thought you took So sort of felt like you're swinging between. Um, no, I don't know, but I'd imagine it would be, if I took a guess, I would say it's around 40%. 40, 40 on the dot, oh, yeah, there you oh, go. No. <laughs> I guess. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we see him in that many teams for a reason. He's just an absolute freak. Um, I don't think there was a team that his high score wasn't above 100 for. Um, don't quote me on that. But, yeah, Rory Laird. It's so safe. It is yeah. it's such a safe pick um, for Rory Laird because it's, it's year on year on year. that, that we've, we've had him as a defender, obviously. And, look, I think a little bit like Matt Crouch before, how many times have we seen Laird last year kind of get high 30s or even 40 touches and, and barely kind of creep over that ton. And maybe something's over in the uh, Supercoach water down at the Crows. I'm not too sure. The champion data hate, hatred for the Crows. Wow. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> All right. Anything else to add on the Crows? No. All right. Let's move on to the Lions. Um, maybe I might kick this one off. Yeah, got something. Just so you know, probably save, probably saves a steal. Um, my <laughs> one for the Lions, my cash cow rookie option is Eli Smith. At, I should have written it down. I think it's 117k. I think he is this year. Brisbane took him with hit their first pick, the Blokes Machine. Um, he was the only player to have more disposals in one match than Sam Walsh in the um, t- uh, in under 18 championships last year. He's just a contested beast. He's got the ability to win the ball. Reminds me so much of a Sam Powell Pepper in the way he played as well. Um, in during his juniors, because he was big, he was bulky, he could fend off, he loved the hard contest, just looks like a down-to-earth bloke. I mean, that doesn't help for super coach points, but it's, it's always good. I think he's going to sit around the probably the forward flank to begin his career if he, it, when, when he does break into the team, but you'll see a lot of tackling, you'll see a lot of energy, um, and I'm huge on Eli Smith issue. Yeah, I think I think that one makes total sense. So I'm going to take a little bit of a, a different approach, um, and I'm going to say this is someone who mm, you have to correct me if I'm wrong, but he may not have played last year. Um, and I know our rule for rookies is kind of 250k or under, and this one's going to sneak in at 247k. And that's Lincoln McCarthy. Um, now he's he's come over from the Cats, and yeah, the, the Geelong fellow. That's right. He's come over from the Cats, and I know he's. You know, he's pretty much his entire career has been ravaged with uh, with injury just after injury. Um, but look, he's had pretty much every uh, sort of soft tissue in the book. But he's 25 at the moment. He's um, he's a small forward kind of player. And I think what this will do for Brisbane is it maybe it releases someone like Rain or a, or a McLuggage who have played a bit more forward line in recent years um, to push up into the midfield and assist, you know, Lockie Neal with the, with the uh, covering beams and... And, uh, and Zorko and, and all that sort of thing. So I think McCarthy could be one where, look, I think it's absolutely fraught with danger because he'd probably be lucky to kind of play more than six games in a row, I would have thought, given his injury history. But certainly there's someone there who has a hell of a lot of potential, has got the body to make an immediate impact on the game, um, and someone who'd be actually be, be able to provide a little bit of leadership um, as well. Um for the, for the Brisbane Lions. I think um, we're definitely going to see him at some stage this year, providing he's injury-free, um, and, and maybe we can see him churn out some solid numbers. But, look, in saying all of that, 247k is a hefty price to pay. I probably wouldn't do it. But I think that's just because there's very slim pickings for Brisbane rookies at this stage of the year. Yeah, it's not a, not a bad kind of outside the... Outside the box pick. Um, going on to the mid prices, I am cheating a little bit here. I'm going to sneak Alex <laughs> Smith in at 455k. 
Uh, could have had him in the premium uh, bracket, but that wouldn't do too well for how much I'm going to cream my pants when we start talking about locking him. <laughs> um, some, key, some key stats for, for Witherden last year. Ranked number two in kick-ins per game. Ranked 16 for rebound 50s per game. Ranked 15 for total kicks per game. Um, and ranked seven for total marks on the season. 23 of his 30 games, he's managed to collect 20 possessions. I mean, this is crazy. 11, the, 11 of these being 25 plus. Um, I wrote an article about Lockie Neal. Uh, about Lockie Neal. I did write an article about Lockie Neal, but I wrote an article about Witherden a couple of weeks ago. Man, my Brisbane bias is through the roof at the moment. Um, and if there was anyone that I was going to take on a, a risk on this year, if you, if you can call it a risk, it would be Alex Witherden. I think the kick-out rule... Is, is going to help him. A lot of people talk about the fact that he already played on and, you know, other people could be taking the kicks and it's not really going to have an impact of points. I think it's going to add maybe five points a game onto his score because he's still going to take kick-ins. He's a lovely direct kick and he can roost the ball. So I'm huge on Alex Witherden this year. I think the appointment of Luke Hodge last year helped him more than anyone else. Um, and I love him. Meters gained is a massive stat for him as well, and we know champion data uh, cream their pants with that. Makes sense. For me, I'll stick to the back line as well, and I'll go a little bit different. You know, I won't pick the, the kind of the creative good ball user. I'll pick the interceptor. I'll pick Marcus Adams. This was a guy who burst onto the scene with the dogs um, in the back end of kind of 20, or was it the front end, and then got injured. I think it was actually started the year absolutely on fire and was scoring like 120s and, and kind of stuff like that. Um, this is a guy who can take a bloody mark. And, you know, the early reports from the preseason intra, uh, sorry, the Brisbane Lions intra-club match was that Harris Andrews was even playing um, up forward, their best defender. And that, and that might purely be because they recruited this bloke called Marcus Adams. And I think we're going to get kind of like an 80 to 90 kind of average from him and I'm you know my mid price this year I'm not you can as you can tell with kind of Brody Smith earlier I'm not kind of picking blokes who I think are really going to go next level because I think they are so rare to hit but I'm kind of picking blokes who I think are undervalued right now and Marcus Adams for me is certainly undervalued he's only priced at 339k quite similar to Brody Smith um, and I think we can see something like an 80 average from him I really do his, his intercept numbers are absolutely through the roof um, but again, injury is a, is a cause of concern for him. He's only played 38 out of a possible 68 games. Um, but look, intercept possessions, that's where it's at right now in terms of statistics. That and kind of, um, you know, meters gained or kind of, you know, holding territory and that sort of thing seems to be the uh, fashion trends in the football world. Um, yeah. My primo, Lockie Neal. Um, I'm in love with him. He still hasn't left my team since I said a couple of weeks ago. I hope got the balls to start him at the start of the season. Um, wrote my article about him this week. There's just some super coach numbers since 2015. 104 off 20, 104.3 off 22 games. 112.6 off 22 games. 109 off 21 games. 111.9 off 22 games. No longer has the five factor. I mean, it's, I don't think it's a real big deal, but five had the the whole attention when he was playing um, for our players, and Lockie Neal was always a little bit of a, a pod. Two of his last three seasons, he's ranked in the top eight of current day players for top ten finishes. It, 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 he just oozes consistency, and there is no way now 
that I, I I could see myself not starting with him because I know what I'm going to get, and that and that's what I want out of my players. Yes, he's a little bit more expensive than some of those um, options below us. He probably won't finish the number one on the season, but I know I'm getting a top ten player, probably a top six player. It's got so much Tom Mitchell about it. It's not funny coming to the new club. You know, becoming the big fish there. I, I, I just love the Lockie Neal pick this year. Would hate to see it kind of bite me in the ass. you got to remember last year too, he started the season very, very slow. There was, an art, or I think, an article today that said this is the first time he's ever, in, in the last four years, that he's done a proper pre-season. So I think he's just going to hit the ground running. Um, yeah, and I think he's going to fly home. Out of all players since his breakout year in 2014, he rank he ranks number one for total disposals. So he's averaging he averaged 30.3 game last year, and half of these were contested. There's zero percent chance I start the season without locking you. Zero percent chance. 0%. Yeah, I can't wait to see your uh, your round one team. Uh, I'm uh, just uh, replay this podcast right there, and if he's not in there, then <laughs> I'll eat some humble pie. Or Brett's kind of chili challenge because yeah. he won't be doing it. Let's My face it. Chili. I'm not even going to contest you on Lockie Neal. I'm not going to bother speaking about Zorka. I'm not going to bother speaking about Witherden, even though you called him a you know mid prime, <laughs> which was a bit unfair. Uh, because I totally am on board with with Lockie Neal and, and kind of just look. I probably don't concur with the whole. It's got a lot of Tom Mitchell about it. Um, in fact, I I think I, I was more confident when Mitchell went to Hawthorne just because I don't know. Feel like Hawthorne make players better and. That's not necessarily been the case for Brisbane over the last decade or so. But in saying that, he's, a, he's kind of a special player. He's also torn up the intra-club game that, that's already happened this preseason. And, um, yeah, I, I think it, I think he only benefits Brisbane. And I think, like you said, his consistency probably over the last three, four, five years, whatever it's been, has been that good. Um, and the amount of games played is just extreme as well. This is the kind of player you, you want to start your season with because you know you get the 22 games from him. You know you're kind of going to get a top 10 overall on the point scoring for the midfielders as well. So if you can kind of, you know, check two boxes there, then then kind of you're well on the way to building yourself a premiership, if not $50,000 team. Um, well, and we'll wrap it up there because it was meant to be a 10 to 15 minute podcast. And now. we're 25 deep. So... Yeah. Nah, 10 to 15 per team. That, that's, that's the go. That's, that's always good. All right, Elitist, thanks for listening. We'll be back on Thursday with, what is it, Carlton and Collingwood. That'll be a f- four-hour podcast. I think. <laughs> um, so peace out, community. Thanks for listening.